me that I never heard any humorous ones about my grandmother's branch of the family. No, she belonged to the downtown critics. But as the great-grandmother only weighed 90 pounds and was left a widow at an early age with four daughters and one son, to say nothing of a large farm, there wasn't much time for levity. As a critics married a critics, it has always been difficult for me to keep the line straight. I know that the downtown members of the family were all congregationalists and took milk in their tea, while the uptown critics were Episcopalians and took their tea straight. <laughs> How my grandfather, Asa Kermitz, ever came to write his life history on a shingle is more than I know. He loved music and took great pride in his work at the church. They certainly were hymn singing days. They tell the story of an old lady who was walking over Academy Hill singing, Oh Paradise, Oh Paradise, when she stubbed her toe. Damn Seema, she exclaimed. Why doesn't he fix his walk? <laughs> that must have been in the summer, but in the winter, people avoided the hill, I imagine, as walking it was always hazardous. Speaking of winter weather makes me think of a story about one of our old-time characters <coughs> whose language is most expressive. My mother told me he was walking down the street in front of our house when he slipped and fell on his back. When he finally got to his feet, shaking with rage, he shook his fist at the cake of ice and snarled, For the dry or fetch it! Election bets seemed to have been very common in the early days of the town. Very little money was exchanged, but the bets were paid off in the most amusing and remarkable ways and gave great pleasure to the onlookers. The one best remembered seems to be the time when one old character wheeled another old-timer from the Congregational Church down to Bagsty Street, a distance of a mile, in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> As we all know, trade with the West Indies began at an early date, and many old homes in Stratford had tables made of San Domingo mahogany. To own something made by Wheeler Burrett, the town cabinet maker, was a matter of pride to each local housekeeper. Mahogany, sugar, and rum made up a large part of each ship's cargo. My grandfather used to chuckle at the number of deacons in Stratford who suddenly developed a taste for a fish dinner when word had been passed that a packet was due to go up the sound. <laughs> the stories about Captain Benjamin are many. He married my grandfather's sister, Susan, who was so beautiful her mother wouldn't let her go over the hill to watch the stagecoach go by because the men stared at her. She died when he was on his last voyage to China. 
The minister was chosen to go down to New York to meet his ship and break the news. He approached the captain on the dock, rubbing his hands, so the story goes, and in a shaking voice told him his wife was dead. But he added, she died loving the Lord. With tears streaming down his face, the old captain answered, it's a damn lie, she never loved anybody but me. <laughs> That's wonderful. I think that's just enough, don't you? Oh, it was, was it Deliverance Pulaski Benjamin? Was that his name? Or was it Delusima? Do you remember? I never know what his first name I always heard Well, you know, our charts at the Historical Society assigned D.P. Benjamin, mm -hmm. the charts which he used to go around the world. Mm -hmm. They're most interesting, too. You mentioned a packet going up the sound, Mrs. Clinton. Well, I said that. I know that the grandfather used to say that that uh, these ships, I suppose, have a package going up the Sound to New Haven. Mm -hmm. I, they, I suppose they transferred their liquor and whatever cargo they had going to northern Connecticut. I wondered when you went, uh, say if you went to New York, would you go by uh, railroad or was there a packet to New York? It was a packet from here. Mm -hmm. I don't know too much about it except that was I it? think a great, some distant relative of mother's was a captain and had a very beautiful daughter and all the usual romantic mm -hmm. story of some New Yorker marrying her and all that. You never know how much it's really. Were they side wheelers, Mrs. What were they side wheelers, these packets? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You spoke the about the old was there. I didn't speak of that. But uh, I didn't think there was enough about it. I there see. was a side wheeler there mm -hmm. that uh, left uh, the second bridge by the railroad station right there at the dock. Oh. And there was a side wheeler that went down to New York and you could go down for a dollar. Mm -hmm. And I suppose there was a great deal of private boating at oh, the time. Oh, yes, a great deal. Mm -hmm. deal. Private what did Boating. Uh, oh, oh, you yes. belonged to the Housatonic Boat yes. Club for a long time, isn't that right? I'm the oldest member. Banana. <laughs> I'm the oldest member I believe. Mm -hmm. And this Captain Benjamin, the first president of it, was the son of Pulaski Benjamin. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And he was the son of, of the old. And his mother, he was very handsome. His mother, of course, his mother mm -hmm. was my great aunt. I see. Mm -hmm. And did you go swimming in the Housatonic in those days? Oh, yes. I spent my life down on that river when I was a child. It was cleaner water then? Oh yes, it was cleaner water then. <laughs> there was no pollution at that time. Well, I was thinking, I told you that there was a, there was a little shack, little house down here at the foot of the place. Yes. That has been remodeled terribly, but it used to be a little, a tiny, oh I suppose we didn't have one, two or three rooms house. And there was a Captain Lockwood in it who was deaf and dumb. Oh. And he never would tell anyone. Is that on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it can be cut. We can we can always. He, uh, he would never t tell anyone what his secret was. But in the early days, before the pollution of the river, many years ago. Yeah. He used to get Diamondback Terrapin, which is so rare. Really? 
on the flats in the bend of the river there. Mm -hmm. My goodness. And so... That is a turtle with hills. That's a kind of a turtle, is that right? Kind of a what? Is it a kind of a turtle? Diamond? Yeah. Diamond back there, yes. And yes. um, it's sort of a turtle. <laughs> well, this has happened... Well, about 40 years ago, we were stationed in Washington. And uh, I went down in the kitchen one morning. Uh, in those days, we had servants. I went down in the kitchen one morning, and I said, "What's the matter, Julia?" And she said, "Some big turtles on the back porch, and I'm not going out there." <laughs> and I went out, and here was a great big box down at the bottom. I never seen big turtles before. Down at the bottom, with these great big turtles. Mm -hmm. And I recognized the fact they were diamondback terrapin. I never did one in my life, but I knew that they could still get them in parts of the South. So I called her Mrs. Barnett, who was the general's wife, and I said, what would you give me for three turtles? <laughs> and she, she said, you send those turtles over to me said, I'm having the Secretary of Navy down here tonight, and those are for his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so, over the turtles, the orderly came over, and over the turtles went. It's the only time I've ever seen it. But, but they did catch my them husband, here. My husband told me that in the early papers uh, in the South, there were well, I don't know whether they were legal papers or whether they were newspapers, but anyway, uh, people were forbidden to serve terrapin to the slaves more than once a week because they found people, they were so plentiful, they, they, they were giving them terrapin every day. Uh -huh. uh, do you remember that they caught shad in this river? I understand oh, yes. they did. Uh, Mabel, if I ever got hold of Mabel, weeks long enough, I tell her some of the very nice things that her grandfather did. He was quite a fisherman. Oh, now Mabel uh, Wicks is now Mabel Miller, right? And uh, my grandmother, my father was in England a great many years, and we always used to go to grandmother's in New York when they did the making round, and we always took her a fresh shad if we could a bunch of lily in the valley, a bunch of violets, and, oh, I don't know what that or asparagus. She loved asparagus. Uh -huh. So, when father was ill, I was 16 then, and so I was selected to go down and do the honors for grandmother. And one morning, in the morning of the 18th, Mabel Miller's grandfather knocked at the door I suppose Mother briefed him beforehand about the fish, and he caught a fresh shad at four o'clock that morning in the river. And so Mother wrapped it in a paper and gave it to me. And at 16, I was loaded down with flowers and bed with asparagus <laughs> and the shed. Well, the bundles didn't look too bad. Of course, being 16, I didn't want to carry anything. <laughs> Halfway to New York, I noticed the man moving away from me. <laughs> and I looked down, and the shag was bleeding. 
Oh, oh no. And it was a great big spot of blood on the, on the floor. Oh, dear. Ooh. Well, of course, if I'd been a little older, I would have had presence of mind of saying, well, I'm sorry, don't, don't move away. It's nothing but a shed. <laughs> <laughs> but I was embarrassed to tears. And so I bought a newspaper, New York Herald, and wrapped a carefully around the shed. And I said to mother, when I got home, I'll write anything down to grandmother, you say, but I will not take another shed. And now you were going to school here in Stratford at that time, weren't you? Um, it, was it called Stratford High School? It was. I'd hate to tell you about the early <laughs> educational facilities in Stratford. Oh, do. When you got to the eighth grade, you were in high school. Oh. And you had geometry and Latin and um, English. And English, well, yes, it must have been English, and yet I don't seem to remember any ever having any <laughs> English paper there, but I must have. <laughs> How about history? Did you have any history? Darling, I wish you wouldn't ask me about the early Did I mention Latin, yes. Latin and geometry? I don't know what the third one was. It must have been history, but I don't. Is it really a strange thing? I remember very little about it. And those I know that when I got over to Cortland, uh, they were perfectly scarce, and I didn't even know, well, what's the points of English history? Mm -hmm. And, uh, now, Cortland was in Bridgeport, is that it? Cortland was in Bridgeport. It was on Cortland Hill. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, just inside where Trinity Church is now. And the high school was at, the, at that time was in what we now call Center School, in the center of the town. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's the same foundation as his yes. school, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It must have been quite small. Well, as I say, the whole high school was in the eighth. You were graduated from high school when you got out of the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> How many were in your class, Mrs. Clinton? Oh, I guess about 15, 16, 20. And I disgraced the class by wearing black shoes instead of white. <laughs> <laughs> Now you've belonged to Christ Episcopal Church a long time. I'm sure you have some good stories well, about the church. Family belonged that church for eight generations. Eight generations. Eight or nine. I've heard a great deal about their Christmas celebrations. Didn't they have a beautiful Christmas tree Very every beautiful year? Beautiful tree. Mm -hmm. Very beautiful tree. Was that given by someone in town usually? Well, <coughs> the tree. Had I gave a paper, I think I told uh, Mrs. Farr about it, I gave a paper, which the early days, the puritanical influence in the town was so great, mm -hmm. that they had a meeting down here at the church and said that <coughs> in which they passed a rule that they, there should be no greens put up in the church except by special permission of the vestry. Really? It was considered popish, I suppose, I don't know. Or pagan. Yeah, that <laughs> pagan. But later on, they and later on, of course, and then they went to the other stream, and oh my, the place is beautifully decorated. And they used to come up here and make hot chocolate for the workers. They worked two, or three nights, or a couple of nights a week, mm -hmm. making great ropes of evergreens. Oh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 
And didn't you say that Billy Phelps once got into trouble because he went to your church? Well, oh yes, Billy Phelps got in trouble with the family because he went there to receive service, so he said. Oh. <laughs> he was a Congregationalist, was that it? No, I believe he was a Baptist, but oh. I think they went to, at least he, after years he was a bachelor. And I was told, he came out to Honolulu when we were at Pearl Harbor, and I talked to him over the telephone. And uh, I think I asked him out to Pearl Harbor, and well, the facilities for getting there are very, uh, well, people just commencing to get automobiles out there, and uh, the facilities and train, the wood, wood burning train, as I remembered. Mm -hmm. Ruth Garlick's got a choice story talk about wood burning engines. Uh-huh. She says that in the deep south that I don't know if she was on the train or whether they someone told her about it. But the the train is uh, the, the local train in her part of the country burned wood. Mm -hmm. And she said that a conductor went through the train, saying that the fireman was drunk, and the wood would give uh, wood would be given out, and who would come? I was a pile of wood, or maybe they'd gotten some coal and uh, do some shoveling or some piling <laughs> of some nature. I don't know what. Oh, <laughs> maybe no. it was coal. But it seems so funny to me that even Ruth would remember it in a remote spot. In the south, it would. It does seem strange. The burning reminds me to go back to the Christmas tree. Did they use candles? It was. There was a. I've got a decent pencil. It was an upright stick, and then cross, cross pieces, mm -hmm. and nails protruding, uh, on the cross pieces. I see. They look like uh, they look like a series of little fences right mm -hmm. now and the candle was put down in the center of every nail. Oh. And then Oliver Bidsley, who is, was, uh, mm, uncle of some of the Wilcoxons up in the green there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Miss Mabel Wilcoxon. Mm -hmm. And Eddie Bird, who just died with a... hundred years old. Used to sit behind it with long sticks and wet and a sponge on the end of the stick oh. was wet. Fire permit. And if they saw a candle too far up getting low, they'd reach up and tip it. <laughs> oh, really? With a wet sponge. And I think it's awfully funny <laughs> when the fire chief passed this law three years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Harold called him up. He said, I know exactly what you're going to say and you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> What was that, the Christmas tree? That was a Christmas tree. And I wanted to make an exception, I suppose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can't have it. <laughs> so that tradition is gone. No, that was one more custom <laughs> abolished. Oh dear. What sort of amusements did you have? Did you have balls, uh, parties? <laughs> You're asking me that question makes me, makes me laugh because when we were in the Philippines, we were in the Philippines for three years when I was mm -hmm. first married, and the Japs in the last war took possession of all that section that we were in, and they sent a man up, from, this was several years ago when Molly was in Washington, and they sent a man up from headquarters to 
asked me what I remembered about the early days out there. And he said, what did you do for amusements? <laughs> I said, we didn't have any. <laughs> but you know, the present generation can't conceive of a life that doesn't have a telephone, that doesn't have electricity, or that doesn't have movies. That's right. They can't conceive of a life that wasn't, none of it. Mm-hmm. Now, you ask about amusements here, bicycling. I was arrested once here in Stratford for riding on the sidewalk. I said, oh, they no. said I was dangerous to oh. pedestrians. <laughs> Where were you arrested? What sidewalk were you on? <laughs> I was just above the Methodist Church. <laughs> and uh, I, I was riding on the sidewalk, and this man came up to me, and he said, you're under arrest. I thought he was being funny. <laughs> and uh, he said, George, it gets a lot to ride on the sidewalk and you report to Mr. Fairchild. So I still didn't pay any attention to him and I think I even forgot it. <laughs> or if I did, I never kept quiet about it anyhow. <laughs> and uh, my aunt, who took things rather seriously, appeared at school one day and asked if I could be excused to go around to the judge. And aunt, my Aunt Sue's ordinarily quite a lively person. I didn't know, I couldn't understand why she took it so seriously. <laughs> and she said, well, weren't you told to go to Mr. Fairchild? Well, I suppose I made some excuse. So when I got around to Mr. Fairchild's, he lived right behind the Red Cross building. House has been pulled down. Is that Murdoch Fairchild's father? Murdoch Fairchild's father. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And show how young he was. He took me up in his lap. He said, You didn't mean any harm, did you, dear? <laughs> <laughs> and that was my only appearance in court. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful story. <laughs> and in the winter, I suppose there was ice skating. What, dear? There was, in the winter, there would be ice skating. Yes, mm-hmm. good skating. Did you skate on the river or on the pond? I never saw anyone skate in the river. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grandfather used to talk about it, but I never saw anyone do it. They used to so many, many of the ponds have been filled up. I don't know how they do it. Right opposite our church, right there in the corner, not the one that the dentist is on, but the other corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It used to be a pond when I was a child. Well, you know, they filled in the meadows too. They, so. filled, they filled in that mm-hmm. and up in center of town where I guess it's where Raps is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There used to be a stream. Yeah. It went under there. I think Hannah's Brook, I think they called it. It's underground now, mm-hmm. I think. Underground. And the children used to get what they call flags. They were sort of a wild variety of red you know. And blue one. And uh, pick them along there. Real. And there was but Frog Pond, and there was a pond up at Frog Pond where that tavern is now. Mm-hmm. You know, as you go under after you've passed. Um, oh yes, I Ray know. Bestus? Yeah, Ray Bestus. Ray Bestus. Yes. Mm-hmm. On the left is a tavern, says Frog Pond yes. Tavern, and that's where the pond was. Well, there was a pond there, mm-hmm. and that was supposed to have very good skating. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Peck's Mill Pond? Did they and Peck's Mill Pond. 
the distances were further then from here, you know, and of course we didn't have the chance. We didn't we think twice before we walked up there. Of course. Fresh pond was seldom frozen over, so mm -hmm. it was considered safe. Mm -hmm. And then there's a little pond uh, called Selby's down here. Yes, there? Selby's was also. Mm -hmm. That was considered a very deep pond, and, mm -hmm. and they said when the uh, it, it was a cold winter when Selby's was frozen over. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, I, at that time, did you have to pick up your own mail? Was there mail delivery? Or did you go to the post office? Well, the mail delivery, I think I was about 14 when we had a, a delivery mailbox. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but there were mails, and, and of course, as I came up to the center to school, you would I would get the, the mail, mail in. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the library being started in town and the oh, stone yes. house? I remember when that was started. Mm -hmm. I remember when it was also a very crude sort of a building, a right. Let me see what sort. It was this side of what's, uh, where Lovells is now, and in, in Lovells, see there's the block there. It's somewhere in where that dragon, second dragon store is. Mm -hmm. There were detached buildings, there was no block there. Oh, then. I see. Mm -hmm. And there was a small library there, oh. then. And then people used to, there weren't very many magazines. People used to take magazines and they'd have magazine clubs. You could keep a magazine five days. And then it went out to the next place in five oh, days. Oh, I see. And then mm -hmm. the next place in five days. What but magazines would you get? The magazine club. I don't seem to remember especially. I think mm -hmm. that they tried to all, all types I don't remember. I was a mm -hmm. child. I just remember taking them around. Oh, <laughs> you were the delivery girl. Yeah, I was a delivery girl. <laughs> Um, uh, I think that Talbots lived where the Red Cross is now. Mm -hmm. The Talbots had it, and also some people, Eddie Hall's family, I think, it, or the, some of the people that lived in there. Mm -hmm. And they would be in charge of the magazine club. And, uh, well, and then they'd, I think the principal of the high school was on the list, and so on. There were mm -hmm. half a dozen, it was pasted in the front of the, of the magazine mm -hmm. we were taking to the next when you finished with it or rather at the end of give length of time mm -hmm. it's very interesting that's it how about clothing yes were there shops did you buy clothing in those days or have it made by a dressmaker well i think we're dressmakers but <coughs> uh, I think Harold Lowell's family supplied most of the, uh, the old Todd family. Do you, you don't remember any of the was that Was it that Winifred Todd, Miss Winifred, Winifred Todd? Winifred Todd was the last one, but she had an older sister. And the oldest, uh, it's where the um, Coopers is now. That was all yeah. one, uh, that was the Todd grocery store on one side. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Dragons on the other. And this used to be a potbelly stove there. Miss Alice would try on our rubbish. She was very solemn and very serious. Never knew what to smile. Really? And 
oldest that Todd was a darling. I remember leaning so hard on his candy case. I had a glass case with candy inside. Leaning so hard on it, I broke the pain. <laughs> I suppose I spoiled all the candy and it didn't charge me for it. I suppose. Mother may have paid a bill, I don't know. <laughs> but then Miss Todd had ribbons. She always had a very pristine white apron shape. And then it was another little tiny shop where the tailor is now opposite the library. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was kept by Miss Brooks. And that was a dear old, old uh, Saltbox house there. Dear old one, on which they ruined when they adopted it and must have fussed with it, mm -hmm. rebuilt it. Yeah, they've done that with so many of the old houses. I know. Didn't Captain John Sterling live in a little salt box house in front of what is now Sterling House? Where was it? Uh, Captain John Sterling, didn't he live in a salt box house in front of where what is now the Sterling House, Sterling Community House? No, there was a there was a house in between them. It was just as I remember it. It was not a it was just an ordinary two-story house. I mean, you wouldn't have picked it out among mm -hmm. uh, as anything distinctive at all. Snooky. <laughs> and then Snooky wants to get in on this too. Yeah. <laughs> but he is responsible for the destruction of the Lindsley property. And the, and the building of all those little houses out in Elmer Street. Oh, Captain John Sterling was? Uh, no, not John, but... but um, his son, John. His, what relation is his son? John Sterling, the one gave the of seven million. That's his son, isn't it? That's his son. Mm -hmm. His mother said he left his, his uh, nephews the change. <laughs> Unfortunately. See, this is, well, the thing of it was that John Sterling never went, never went to a any kind of a preparatory school or boys' school or anything. Mm -hmm. And Frank's father, Frank's mother, and and Sterling's mother, coaxed him to go into Yale. Mm -hmm. And that's Mrs. Rufus Bennell. Coached him. Uh, yes, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Rufus Bunnell coached him to go in the end. And yet when he died, he left, his mother said, the change to the nephews. <laughs> <laughs> well, after all, after all it, it was changed compared to seven million, I think it was. Well, I thought it was 20, but I didn't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much. They're, they're, about they're both very large amounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very fortunate. <laughs> well, I tell you, they... And Alice was a great, my aunt, this old aunt, was a great friend of Mrs. Rufus Pennell and Mr. And she's, as an old man, well, not, he wasn't an old man, he was old enough to know better. As a man once said, she was saying he vehement on the subject of John Sterling. <laughs> no, that's that, that's really that, so Molly was taking some dictation once, and this person used the expression vehement. Mm -hmm. Molly said she hesitated and hesitated. She said, you mean vehement? Vehement. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say it myself. Vehement. <laughs> he said, I said vehement. 
<laughs> we always joke about it. He had the courage of his convictions. <laughs> oh, he was sure of himself. Well, I think this has all been exceedingly interesting. I, I certainly enjoyed it, Mrs. Pudney. Thank you very much. Well, I... You made me feel very humble because I don't feel sweet anything except talk, <laughs> monopolizing. That's, it's been good talk, <laughs> and we're grateful. <laughs>